introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. So it's only taken an entire year to get, uh, in my opinion, the best middle school theater teacher on Minor Wisdom, and that is my wife. And it is at no fault of mine that she hasn't been on to this point, because I've asked her to be on quite a bit, and to be honest, I, I don't know how many episodes she's even listened to, so I don't even know if she really knew what this was all about but finally 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 we've been stuck in a house together practically stuck in a house together uh, some would say for 10 years but it's been um you know the past few months we've been stuck in a house and finally i got her to sit down and do a little bit of interview and it was I, i'm not gonna lie it was a little weird only because i know everything about my wife as i mean so i thought and so it was where do I go from here? And how do I interview somebody that I know everything about? Well, I've got to think about, you don't know everything about her. So uh, I did my very, very best. And then we started getting into the weeds of who the two of us are as people. And that ended up being kind of fun. So if you can make it through the first 25, 30 minutes of boring, who are you as a teacher and your philosophy, blah, 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 then you'll get into some fun stories about the two of us. And I really do think that uh, my wife has a really good speaking voice, so maybe you'll just enjoy that as well. But we did have some fun, and finally I got my real wife on. Still haven't had any of my work wives on, Nicole, Melanie, uh, neither of them have been on. I guess you could say Pam Wilson was on, but she I wouldn't call her my work wife. Uh, uh, that, that just seems weird, but uh, my partner in crime. So enjoy this week's podcast with uh, Jennifer. Uh, before we get to that, I do have to mention a couple things. I don't have to mention. Again, I don't get paid for anything, so I don't have to mention anything, but I will just because I'm nice. But uh, I do have a hand in uh, two cookie jars, one with Texas Thespians. And uh, Thespian Convention is uh, happening now. Festival is happening pretty much this week uh, for the national side of things. So I hope everybody that is partaking in that enjoys the experience and please let me know how that is because I am very curious as to how they run it. I am not doing anything for it. My students are not doing anything with it. So please let me know how that goes. Uh, also the EDTA uh, along with USITT and a couple of other places did finally put a PDF out uh, this past week, it's very colorful, it's very nice, and uh, giving you suggestions, and some of them are not so much suggestions as sort of telling you how your uh, space should be reopened. So make sure you guys check that out as well. That's on Facebook. And then TETA finally announced that they are going to be digital this year, online this year. So TETA in September will be online. And the way I read it, is that some of the content will just be there for a while. So you don't have to necessarily sign up for that specific set of days that that content will be around and online for your enjoyment even after those specific times that it is released. More details, I'm sure, on that are going to come out. Um, and maybe we're going back face-to-face, -face, maybe, in August, according to our governor in Texas, and I know some people outside of Texas are listening to this, so I would love it if you kind of told me what is happening with your state as well, because I believe everybody's going to be a little different, but our super conservative, uh, this virus is a hoax governor, uh, he has decided that we will be going back to face-to-face even though really in the article he kind of skirts around it and says, I want to go back face-to-face, -face, but I don't know if that's possible, blah, 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 blah. It's just a mess right now. So I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's healthy, and I hope everybody is making smart decisions when you are going out into the public, whatever that might be. Please enjoy this wonderful interview that I did with my wife yesterday on June 20th, so a day after Juneteenth, a day before Father's Day, right smack dab in the middle. 
on the day of the Trump rally. Enjoy. So the podcast that everybody wants to hear is my wife. Jen, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> What's your background? Well, I know your background. I better know your background, right? Do I want, do you want to quiz me? I don't know. Um, well, first and foremost, uh, I'm not from around here. I ain't from these parts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was born and raised in the Dallas area, a little town called Mesquite, Mesquite, Texas. And um, I got into theater when I was in the ninth grade. I went and auditioned for Cinderella and forgot to go to the singing audition and didn't get cast. And I was the only person. It broke my heart. And then I realized what happened. So that's where I started. And I have basically been doing theater ever since. I went to Sam Houston State University and got my degree in musical theater. Um, prior to that, I went to Belmont University and I was a music performance major uh, and did a little quick switcheroo to English. So I really enjoy words. <laughs> um, I've been teaching. That's it? That's your, uh, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say. That's all like, done. Man. Uh, you, so, you married up. You know. So after I graduated, I did not go into teaching right away. I worked at an envelope company, Love Envelopes. Shout out, yo. Uh, they're a great company. Do, do they still exist? Do you know? They really still do. Okay. They I have their headquarters in Tulsa, Oklahoma. and Ooh, Topical on the day we record. Anyway, I continue. know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I worked from the Dallas office. Actually, I worked in both. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> There you have it. We dated while you worked in Tulsa. True anyway, story. Continue. Um, but I, uh, so after I finished working at Love Envelopes, I did my alternative certification and got into teaching. Yeah. And I've basically been teaching ever since. I started uh, as a substitute teacher in Garland ISD. And then moved to Fort Bend. I taught at Austin High School in Fort Bend for five years. And I'm going into my seventh year at Fort Settlement Middle School. And you're 11th, to no, 12th total. 12th It'll, total? I'm going into my 12th year. Yeah. yeah. Did you say that? Mm -hmm. uh, typical husband. <laughs> True. <laughs> so what do you miss about professional world? Hmm. And now some of this is going to get real because maybe I don't know some of these answers. And if you hear thunder in the background, because it's thundering in the background, it's not her, her love for me. <laughs> I really enjoy singing and I sing all the time, but I enjoy having people with me. I enjoy really singing in a group. And I know that's more of a choral aspect. I enjoy performance. I enjoy affecting people. I miss... <laughs> Uh, getting to delve into a part for myself and not for a student. I miss that because it was everything for a while. Uh, it was, I don't know, you get to build something from the ground up. And I love directing. I really love directing. But I do miss being in the spotlight, not for accolades, but just for the sheer enjoyment of performance. So now, again, I know a lot of things about you that other people don't know, and not that it's secrets, but like, for for instance, I think one thing that I kind of know about you that could inspire other people, even though you may not think that that's true, is that when you first started teaching, you were not s scared, but apprehensive to direct your own show. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but that you knew that that's what you were walking into as an as an educator, because that's what we do, we have to direct. Um, what is what is it now that you can cough? It's okay. Uh, what is it now that's twelve years later uh, that you still fear as a director? Everything. <laughs> I Everything. love changing things up a bit, and I didn't get to do this when yeah, you do. I co-taught. Uh, when I co-taught at the high school level, it was a really great chemistry. I taught with Brad Cummins for five years and I love the man. We are very much the same person except for in age. I am an old soul and our directing style. He's styles, a young soul. And he's a very young soul. <laughs> he, yeah, so it evens yeah, out. Yeah. 
so uh, when it came to going into uh, directing with him, it was really easy and effortless. Plus, uh, I had the pleasure of following a phenomenal teacher who taught her kids very well, and they also had their heads on their shoulders uh, when it came to directing. So uh, Tress Curzum did a fantastic job of training the students who? that I became, or excuse me, that I became. That you be, yeah, Awkward. Well, sort of. I mean, uh, that, that became mine. Teacher, so I inherited. Teachers become students. Teachers become students. <laughs> Mm. On the next episode of Teachers Become Students. Anyway, mm. continue. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so her kids already had a good head on their shoulder. I did not yeah. come from nearly as great of a background, I think, in theater because I don't think it was necessary where I was from and when I was from, if that makes sense. I feel like UIL and musicals and theater in general and high, at the high school level have really upped their game. So I came in a novice and I don't know that I came out a pro, but I did come out more confident. And so now you ask me about directing. Uh, yes, I'm still scared because I have big ideas and how to make big ideas work on a teeny tiny little middle school budget where every purchase you make is scrutinized. I'm sorry that I got the bed sheets, okay? We needed them for the bed in Peter Pan. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I love directing and it does scare me. I think my favorite part about it though is when the kids finally buy in. I'm crazy, you know this. When it comes to directing, I like to do weird stuff. I started, I think, with uh, Willy Wonka excuse me, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but I directed it in the style of Doctor Who because I'm obsessed with Doctor Who. And every single magic circle since that time has always consisted of students saying, at the beginning of this process, I thought you were crazy, but after a while, like, wow, Miss Minor, you have some really good ideas. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, so it was really fun fun to do that. I um. I think I know the answer because I think we've talked about this, but what's the best show or excuse me, the most favorite show that you have directed stick to musicals. Mm. I think I know the answer though. Oh yeah. Ragtime. Ragtime or Fantastics. I honestly like a tie, but Ragtime was just powerful. Uh, do you want me to elaborate on that? I mean, that's why we're here. Yeah. Can I talk about, <laughs> So here's the thing that, that you're not used to uh -huh. is I'm letting you talk and I'm not interrupting because that's what makes a good host. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right? <laughs> Usually I'm interrupting everything, I'm so telling nervous. you what you did wrong, mansplaining, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so you're allowed to just keep talking. And now as a professional podcaster, because this is episode 70, 71 maybe. Nice. Yeah, right? So uh, the floor is yours. This, this is all about you. I'm not going to interrupt. All right. So I'm going to talk about ragtime. I'm even muting my mic. Oh, nice. So ragtime, I fell in love with it when I first saw, I was, I took a year, or excuse me, a, no, it was a full year off of school in the middle of college. And I had the pleasure of going back to Sam Houston to see ragtime. And I loved it. I thought it was, I loved the music. I loved everything. Uh, then I read the book and Oh my gosh, it's different and so good. It's just so good. The characters are rich and they're deep and they're beautiful and multifaceted. And that, my friends, is what I really, really, really love. Um, I love to get those characters who are just more than what they say. There's just something lurking beneath. Um, so when I decided to direct it, I taught again at Austin High School and we're a very diverse school, which is awesome. So I surveyed a lot of the students from the past year to see if they would be interested in thinking that I, I knew I needed to be conscious of how I cast because of the racial uh, tones in the show. So I, I wanted a survey to make sure I had enough people to do it. So that happened and the year before and then the year that I auditioned people not very many people showed up so I ended up having to cast in a very interesting way which I still feel 
moved people and I'm okay with that. It wasn't in terms of exactly casting it the way that I wanted to cast it, you know, 100% brilliant, but the outcome was awesome. I, we laughed, we cried, we studied the kids and I, we, I think I bonded the most with those kids and I think it had to do with the content and having us kind of question our own thoughts about things and how things work in our country and how they used to work and how far we've come or not and so on. So I yeah, well, loved that. That was, what, 2010, 11? Who knows? I could check my shirt. Well, I think I was uh, I was not teaching at the time. <laughs> yeah, you are. 2011. 2011. I was going to say, because... Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you would have thought at 2011 that we had come a long way and then we'd have to keep going a longer way. I just watched something, actually, my sister posted on Facebook, and uh, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man is what it's called. I forget the host's name, but they talk about that. They, the, it was, uh, what are the Waco couple that's on HGTV? Kit, oh, yeah, Kit and, jo- Chip and Joanne. Uh, Chip and Joanne, Thanks. I said Kit, yeah. Uh, but they were asking, they asked him, one of the his kids, actually, or their kids, said, uh, do you feel... Um, we've come a long way, or maybe he asked that. I don't remember, but um, do you feel like we've made it come a long way? And he's and he answers, we have, but we're not done. Mm-mm. Um, so he and he made a point that seventy years ago I would have been killed for being found in a white person's home, and uh, it's you not know, long ago. no, it's not long ago at all. There are millions of people that are alive now that were alive then, so it's not that long ago. Um, but we're not here to be Debbie Downers. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so your first musical, that was my favorite musical. I know. It was uh, so good, wasn't it? <laughs> with Drowsy Chaperone, right? No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was Dirty Rotten yeah, Scoundrels. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, I love that. Um, and the reason I was so, I loved it so much, uh, one, it had a ton of energy and you had a, you had really good kids. I, I mean, oh, I don't remember the, any of the kids in the show. I just remember being impressed with the talent. But, uh, <clears throat> also I think as a husband, I was really proud of you. Or we weren't married yet. Never mind. But as a, Beyonce? I don't even know where we even because it was because I you started teaching a year after I started teaching, mm-hmm. um, two thousand eight into two thousand nine. So no, we weren't even engaged yet. You were just my girlfriend, um, right? Is that right? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I anyway, mean, it would no. I think didn't we 2009 get, to 10 maybe we probably got engaged during that because we got engaged in january and we took a trip to new york was it that? we took we, but it was two was it january no I, it, it was, was a june. winter no it was june or july was it? i don't even remember oh my god <laughs> oh yeah it was exactly a year before we got married so it was it was summer of t- 2009 Okay. Is when we got engaged. So after. We need to ask Elisa and, and, and uh, Brandon. <sighs> dates. But, um, yeah, dates, right? Uh, which, um, but anyway, I was really just proud of you. And I guess I didn't have to be at that time because you were probably just my girlfriend. But uh, it was it was just really, really good. And it sticks out of my mind um, because of just the energy and stuff. And no offense to Brad Cummins, but he wasn't a musical theater genius like that's not what really what he was known for nor uh, am i <laughs> but you are though i don't think you give yourself enough credit and i'm sure the only person that's listening to this entire podcast is philip taylor because he just wants to hear what you have to say because <laughs> if, if Love philip taylor. yeah if if we divorce and you remarry uh it'll probably be to philip taylor just mm-hmm. because he, he you may you love him but he just he adores you but anyway um and that's why we're here to announce that you'll be moving to Austin uh, for next. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, but I just love that musical. I thought it was very, very good. Uh, and then I also loved Ragtime because it's my favorite musical. Um, and uh, Fantastics was okay. But uh, hey. what? Anyway, Better James was good. I re- that's when I fell in love with James. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just he, that kid is so funny. But uh, he's not kid anymore. But still, it's, uh, he was just the mute. Um, <laughs> He was so funny. And I had you, two mutes in yeah, that show, and mutes. they were both fantastic. Yeah, pardon the pun. But, uh, yeah, he... Uh, uh, I didn't even know I did it. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. That's why I'm here. <laughs> anyway, so uh, um, what is uh, something in the world of educational theater uh, that you've experienced that doesn't exist in the world of professional theater? 
And I know the answer could be there's quite a bit because you have to, you're also kind of, you have to hold the kids different. Uh, accountability is different. But talking more artistically speaking, not necessarily like the education side of things. Artistically speaking, you have to do a lot more in every place. So when I was a performer, I could just perform. I can do everything that I can possibly do and maybe help out with the set if I have extra time, maybe bring in costume pieces or, uh, you know, learn my lines and things like that. <clears throat> but when it comes to not just directing, you've got to remember, you're not just a director, you're also a teacher. So you essentially have to take longer to stop and discuss things with students uh, in their process. And you have to really make them understand the why behind what it is that they're doing. And I think if they don't get that why, then they're not telling the story. Um, Sorry. Radio silence, always good for a podcast. Are you thinking <laughs> or are you done? I'm not done. I just lost my train of thought. Can, That's okay. That's go. normal. So that brings me to my next point. So, because, uh, you know, people are going to want controversy. Controversy sells, Jennifer. Sure. So uh, my lawyer is here to serve you with some papers. Nice. Um, I've no. been waiting for this. <laughs> waiting? Yeah. <laughs> Where's your lawyer? I didn't feel like getting one. I was our, waiting for you. Our lawyer's the same. True story. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so you're a, you're, damn it, you are, you're, right, you're, 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 how'd you just say it? You're, like, you're, like, never mind. But just, you added kind of a weird thing on the you part. You're. Um, right. Anyway, I don't know, just go. very European. Uh, but, um, oh, I thought of another one, by the way. Uh, what did German 50 Cent say when... <laughs> When he didn't want to put on a show, fifty nine. Yeah, very good. Okay, it took <laughs> it took Eric Lane quite a long time to figure that one out. Um, but I knew all your lead up. Yeah, <laughs> all your jokes yeah. leading up. Uh, yeah, and tell what's yours? You you came up with one. Oh, you it know was, I don't do jokes. It was, what did what did Fifty Cent say uh, when he hit the golf ball the wrong direction? Fifty four. <laughs> Or whatever. Yeah. I didn't even know that four meant to go in the wrong direction. Or did I make that up? You made one up. I made that uh, one up, but yeah. like I just gave the idea to what you did, and you put it together. What did 50 Cent say when he was uh, tossing die for a craps game? 57. 57. All right. Um, yeah. Because yeah, you want, anyway, you want seven. Because craps, I've never played. Well, uh, that's crappy. So uh, <laughs> you, you teach at a school that's very the the uh demands are high mm -hmm. your shows are they're good high school shows like you know comparatively so they're not these um they're not great tommy tune winning high school musicals but they're there are schools in our district high school level that wish they could put on productions that you put on and i'm not going to name those schools nice. yeah uh, Dulles is one, but anyway, <laughs> um, but that's also partially your fault. Yes. <laughs> Said I shamefully. Know where this is going. <laughs> so do you think you work too hard? <laughs> I think that I work as much as I need to work in order to be happy with what I put out there. With your product. Oh, I don't like that word. Uh, it's a product. It's uh, only by the nature of it ending. You're not like a marijuana dealer. Like, Dude, it's, not like it's that a kind process of... always. Even the very last day, yeah, the but it, last it... performance is still the process. And ultimately, you put out a product. Okay, fine. Right? Because let's say you filmed it, right? Let's say you filmed it. And 20 years from now, you watch that film. Is that entire 20-year span part of the process? No. You are ending If you with reflect a... on it if... to get better. Oh, my God. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. So, but do you, do you think like, let's say tomorrow you quit and uh, a new teacher takes over and it's not Reagan, let's say, let's say Reagan leaves too. Okay. So it's nobody that knows you, um, or, or your department or Reagan. Um, do you think that the school would hold 
that director to the same standards, or do you think they just would want something comparable? And I don't want you to incriminate your school, obviously, because uh, yeah. the biggest fans of this podcast are all Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that Ooh, this is a really tough question because I feel like that's why I have so many followers. I, I feel like my fine arts team and we really are a team. I love the people at Fort Settlement. We we love each other. We work with each other and not like we don't get to work together, but we get to, you know, we're, we're all nice and we share and we work things out. Uh, I think that we fight hard for our own departments separate from the school. So you I think, so that you, think you don't think the school puts certain demands on you or do you like, would, did you, you, cause when I you put, were at, when you were at Austin, let's say you go to another school. Let's say you go to a school that's not as, because because your school is a very successful academic school as well, uh, in a pretty decent part of the county, or I don't even know if it's in Fort Bend County, but in a decent part of the district. Is it in Fort Bend County? Yeah. Okay. Is the whole district in, no, the whole district's not in Fort Bend County, because like Willow Ridge is in, uh, I'm pretty sure is in Harris County. Harris. But um, anyway, so I digress, but uh, d you have a, a, a pretty good school uh, academically, behaviorally, financially, you're hashtag blessed. But do you think if you went to another school that wasn't nearly on the same level academically, financially, or behaviorally that you, I know you would put in a lot of work, but would the expectations still be there? Absolutely. In fact, I sometimes feel that privilege can be a disadvantage and please do not mistake the school that I am at for having people who are only in a really good situation in life. There are, there is some diversity there too, when it comes to socioeconomic and behavioral, it's a different set of behavioral concerns. Well, and, yeah, you could argue that yeah. even a, even a, uh, uh, that your kind of school might have just as many, if not more behavior issues. It's just different behavior yeah. issues. Yeah. I think the thing that would change if I were to go to a school that had something different right now, we run into the problem of rehearsals because the, I'm sure there's different excuses at every school for parents and students and yada, yada, yada. But at our school, uh, the parents typically pay for outside activities from the school like our kids have outside piano lessons outside um chinese school they'll have um did i say tennis or piano piano okay so they have tennis lessons they have uh volleyball and these are not school related so those essentially for parents because they pay for them take precedence over any any rehearsal that i would have after school so i don't really get to rehearse after school i think if i were to move to an area where parents needed more supervision for their kids or an activity for their kids after school that i would probably be more successful in in theory because i would have I guess more students and more time, if that makes, sure. sense, yeah, to, that makes to, sense to work yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, so you have to self-reflect a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I do think like there might be some people that are listening to this podcast that are waiting to hear us talk about each other. <laughs> and maybe we'll get to that in a second, but, uh, and maybe I'll give my opinion on this as well when you're done, because I don't want to influence you, but what is, your biggest strength and what's your biggest weakness. And you can even say as a person, boom, let's really blow things up. Boom. Yeah. <clears throat> My biggest strength. <laughs> I know your biggest weakness. I thought you said you were going to let me talk. Oh, sorry. That's, so rude. It rhymes with chicken. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> That's true. You, you don't even need to cut that. Okay. Um, My biggest strength You have to, you have to pick, by the way, you have to pick one weakness. <laughs> okay. So my, <laughs> stop. My biggest strength. Well, actually, yeah. I, I think my biggest strength is that I care. 
I mean, okay. like it, that strength affects the outcome of a lot of other things. I care if things don't get done. I care if things will look bad. I even had a nightmare last night <laughs> where I put on a terrible show and I was like, no, that's, ah, I can't, no, I gotta fix it. Um, so I think that I, that I care. I mean, it, it moves past just the, the things too. I care about the students. I care about their learning. I care about education. I care. I care about everything. Maybe too much. Mm. I think empathy. I think mm. that's also my. That's why we work well together. Yeah. Because I, I empathize I have, with you all the time. I have no empathy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my biggest weakness could arguably be the same thing, but yeah. I'll try to. Oh, I, well. I, I was about to say, it, it could also be that you care because um, sometimes that affects home life, right? Because, mm -hmm. because, yeah. Yeah. So, but you also, <clears throat> your biggest strength is that you care, but you also care about your family and yeah. your kids. So, which makes your strength a weakness because you also care about so making my sure objectives right, are. <laughs> right. Right. So, but you, <clears throat> you care about the process, not the product, the process at your school and the respect behind the respect behind your name being on a I do. product. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so, I mean, care is a double-edged sword probably. Yeah. What do you think you can improve upon and don't say care less? Uh, I wasn't going to, well, I don't know. That what do meant I to be think joke, I can but... improve upon? Uh, I am going to say prioritizing. Husbands. <laughs> <laughs> also this. <laughs> Uh, prioritizing, okay. I think is my, I used to think it was time management and I do not think that it is time management. That, yeah. I think I'm actually really good at managing my time, but I definitely know if there is one important thing and one thing I want to do, I will do the thing that I want to do over the important thing because they're, they both got to get done. So. Hey, should I redo my blanket? I'm sitting here. So, uh, <laughs> for the backstory, if you don't follow Jennifer on Facebook or myself, um, I made a t-shirt blanket out of all my dullest shirts. Well, some of my dullest shirts and I did it. I'm not a sewer. Um, neither am I. Well, you're more methodical though. Uh, and you're a, you're a baker. I'm a cooker. Like that's the difference between us. But, uh, uh, <clears throat> and some would say they're the same thing. And I hate that. You've said that. I think, haven't you said that they're the same thing or your mom has said that they're the same thing, Doesn't matter. but they're not the same thing anyway. Uh, your blanket looks really, really good. Does it really? It looks very comfortable. It's just like, Ooh, it's very comfy. I think my biggest thing that I messed up on that I should have, that I can still redo technically is the silky edge or whatever, the mm -hmm. border, which makes the blanket, like even Ava will say, this hurts, Danny. This is rough. It's rough. So I'm jealous. I'm jelly of your blankie. Mm -hmm. um, so what is something about <laughs> me? What's an embarrassing story about me? What isn't uh, an embarrassing story about you? <laughs> I mean, how deep do we, we want to get three weeks into our relationship? <laughs> TMI. Uh, no, I, I mean, I, you know me, I don't get embarrassed very easily, but uh, it's not TMI. You can do it. Tell, tell the story from your perspective. Oh my gosh. I don't because, even... because I was face down. So <laughs> I don't know what, what, what you saw. Oh my or, gosh. or I don't even know, like, well, I wasn't in the room when it started. No, but when the, here, I'll give a little lead in when the nurse walked in, I don't even, you might've had a knife in your hand ready to stab me <laughs> and I would never have known. Yeah. Well, uh, you were already bleeding. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> no need. All, I think that's where we stopped. We don't even tell the story. I think okay. that's <laughs> no, the end. So three weeks in three weeks into our relationship. And mind you, we started dating, uh, well, so many years ago we no we well yes but we started dating uh, we our first kiss was at a new year's party so it's very easy to remember our dating anniversary in my opinion because it <laughs> happened like at the, sh the at midnight 2006 to 7 yeah yeah so so three weeks into our relationship i am visiting houston from dallas because i lived in dallas at the time and Blake had just had surgery. He had a polynidal cyst removed from his tailbone. Was that the third or the fourth? Who knows? Probably the third. I, I think, think it was the third because I you had, had another one, one later. Yeah, you. you had another one in our, our relationship. So anyway, um, if you don't know about polynidal cysts, they have to heal from the 
inside it's a tail. out. <laughs> it is a tail. A tale of two cities. Uh, literally. Well, oh. tale of two cheeks. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so it has to to be packed. The the wound has to be packed. It's like a like a two inch incision, and it's about two inches. Yeah, they just don't sew me up. They yeah, one or up. one or two inches deep. Sure. And it kind of gapes open and so on. It's really gross. It's awesome. Honestly, I've never seen it. I mean, you now have. Yeah, I've seen a lot of the insides of you, um, including your knee. Yes, including my anyway, knee. Anyway, so the nurse is there packing the wound, and unpack. No, she was there to she was there to clean me up. Yeah. She was there. She was. She unpacked it. Said, "Go take a shower." Right. So he could only take a shower when the nurse was there. Yeah. Anyway, so she unpacked it, and she was there to pack it, though. Anyway, so he's in the shower, and I'm like in the living room, like giving him his privacy because you know didn't want to be weird. Three weeks in. Three weeks in. And so he's taking a shower, and all of a sudden, naked Blake <laughs> comes out from the shower into the bed and he's gushing from the but ass. I jump on like a jump on the bed <laughs> like you face yeah. down he, he jumps on the bed face down because he's gushing literally and i'm curious so i looked <laughs> and i looked at his wound and you could see it it was like just above like the, the you crack. know how you see lakes fill up or like a like water or something like fill up from empty that was his like wound with blood it was awesome and then it overflowed it was gross yeah. and cool yeah anyway uh so he's there getting packed again i'm like uh what do i do so i looked at him i looked at his bathroom his bathroom looked like a bloody murder yeah. scene it, it was yeah, it was a hitchcock film the most yeah. blood i have ever seen around any one location it was awful so um i got the bleach and got a towel and yeah. cleaned it up <laughs> boom it's so gross uh, i knew then yeah we would be together forever yeah that's true <laughs> we're, yeah i mean you paid me back many years later when we had our first kid so i guess we're story. yeah i guess we're even but then yeah you saw my knee uh the inside of my knee because you you kind of glossed over that story but uh i so Travis High School asked me to give them a fun fact about me because they're going to tweet out like, welcome these new staff members and stuff. And they're going to, you know. So I I said my fun fact because I love this fact because I didn't want to go straight to the uh, touring world because mm -hmm. people give me crap about, you always talk about that, but I do because I liked it. But um, I my fun fact was simply I'm the only non-player coach to be carted off a Minute Maid Park field during a game. So there was uh, at one time, and there may have been more, um, there was one of those, I don't even know what they call them now, but the Coca-Cola field crew cheerleader girls or whatever that throw out shirts and fake baseball and the soft baseballs, all that stuff. She was hit by um, the like golf cart thing that mm -hmm. Orbit was in, or or maybe it was Junction Jack at the time that was shooting out stuff. She was hit. She was literally run over by, it, and she was carted off. But it was before the game, so I can claim that during a game, I'm the only non-player coach to be carted off. And so that hopefully will open up a conversation with somebody who sees that tweet, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I was carted off because uh, I worked in the manual scoreboard, and I fell and uh tore my knee open almost to the bone um and, and he, uh, at about 10 o'clock at night on august 12th i know because it was two <laughs> days before my birthday was it is that and, four inches oh, that's pretty four big inch? four yeah, inches yeah. so so he calls we're me. looking at my knee by the way for those of you <laughs> yeah he calls me at 10 at night and mind you i'm a grandma always have been and eight o'clock i'm all one, like we had one kid at the time yeah, yeah. So we have one kid at the time. I am at home, fast asleep, and I get this phone call. I pick it up, and I hear Blake. Um, okay. Um, so, uh, I don't know what to do. My leg is bleeding, and it's torn open, and I'm going to the hospital. And then he hangs up. Uh -huh. That's yep. it. Yep. That's what I got. He hung up. He's like panicking. Calls me. Leave, he hangs up. Leave you wanting more. And so I called his sister. And anyway, we took things, got things taken care of. And eventually we got to go to the hospital, which was fun because I got to watch my husband's knee flap, like his skin flap on his knee yeah. get torn off yeah. and cleaned. While and I'm, while I'm just, just 
in so much pain because yeah. the guy's cleaning it. And and what's the, the best part is that there were three people in the room because I don't even remember there being a nurse. I, I think it was just the doctor, right? Yeah. There were three people in the room, you, my sister, and the doctor, and all three of you, the, I had just met this doctor, <laughs> were having a hell of a time uh, basking in my pain and misery. It was awesome. And I, I think <laughs> the doctor, like I'm wondering if the doctor was given permission because of the way you two were reacting to me and I was reacting to the two of you to kind of be himself a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, because I wonder if if you had been in there and you guys were like, huh, huh, and I'm like, guys, this isn't fun and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I wonder if he would have been a little more. Oh, yeah. Doctory bedside bedside <laughs> manner would have been a little better. Yeah. But anyway, um, enough about me. Uh, do you want any embarrassing stories about you? I don't hardly get embarrassed anymore. Yeah, you you actually. Oh, I, should I tell like the big one that happened last summer at Five Below, or is that too much? <laughs> I mean, it's up to you. <laughs> I don't think. I'll but tell that yeah, one. don't tell that one. Um, <laughs> let's just say Below is part of the the story. Um, but uh, well, Pier One actually there too. Was it a Pier One or Five Below? It was. I was at the Five Below. Hashtag RIP Pier One, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, you don't have a lot of embarrassing stories. You really I mean, because I'm not really embarrassed by a whole lot. You, I, I would say like. Oh, can I? Okay. <laughs> I have one. I'm still embarrassed by this. And yes, it involves gas. So I apologize if blah. Anyway. Oh, so, is this the, with the student? Didn't you pass gas like bending down with a student or something? At one probably point? like every day. Oh, I don't okay. care about that okay. in front of my kids. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, my students know like if I say, hey, keep a five foot radius. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's how, that's how Joe Pruitt is. I don't believe in keeping yeah. that in. That's bad yeah. for you. Joe Pruitt will tell you don't walk downwind of me. Uh, <laughs> so um, uh, we were, <laughs> we're at a parent night and I'm there with all of my fine arts crew and I had really bad gas and I was trying to pass it very quietly. <laughs> so our, our tables have, um, our lunch tables have these, the round chairs and they're, you know, placed and everything. So I, I stuck one cheek on one, one seat and one cheek on the other. And I tried so hard. It was parent night. But she didn't succeed. There were 300 parents there. And, uh, I, there it went. It went wah, like it was so loud. Did they know it was you? And yeah, they. Well, I don't know if the parents knew. I don't know if anyone there. But I looked across my uh, all of my fine arts crew, and the people right next to me did not hear it. But two people down, <laughs> it was Angela Pungay. <laughs> we made eye contact, and we both just laughed. It was awful. Uh, you can't. You can't hear it right now, but. I hit laughter on my brand new road, uh, <laughs> my Rodecaster Pro. Um, farts are funny. Farts are funny, and we are raising two girls to think that they're, <laughs> that they're quite funny hey, too. Hey, but there's a difference between being goofy and silly with your friends or on a podcast, and then being like at the dinner table with your in-laws if they're alive, uh, and you know, <laughs> yeah. like you know. I, the, I have discretion. Yeah, for the record, because we, you know, we talked about that knee story. My parents were uh, have been dead since 2006. So, because you said, "Oh, I called his sister," yeah, and made it sound like my parents are not a, they don't care. No, they they do. They well, actually, maybe they don't. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're they're gone, uh, and that's okay. Um, that they're gone. Uh, what am I? What else am I going to do? Uh, what other? What else? <laughs> That's awkward. Jeez. Crickets. Mm, uh, what else do you want to talk about? I don't know. Um, I just don't want to get into philosophical stuff with you. It's boring. It's like the first time we've sat down and talked about stuff like this in a while. Mm -hmm. Usually our conversations are much shorter. Uh, we went to Iceland. Ooh, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. We would love to move there. But not right now. They don't want us. No, they don't want us at all. They don't want us. But we want them. Yes. Iceland is a place to be. I'd settle uh, for Colorado. <laughs> it's practically the same thing, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. They food's, got geysers. Not, food's not very good. It's cold. Um, the beer's great. The beer. Yeah. The, well, the beer, the beer in Iceland was okay. For me, it was awesome. Yeah, true. Because I don't like beer. You're not a beer drinker. Um, but yeah, Iceland was great. 
Uh, what other fun stories do we have that we can share? Okay, so what um, I know again, I know the answer. Uh, <clears throat> what are what do you want to be when you grow up? When I grow up, <laughs> I would like to be a background singer for Paul McCartney mm -hmm. or Elton John. Now, what about James? Uh, what about James Taylor too? Or no? Actually, I would probably be more suited to James Taylor. Yeah. I love James Taylor. Anyway, continue. So, Paul McCartney, Elton John. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. I don't want any, like, I don't need to be the star. I just want to sing. Hey, you know what I always talk about about with you? When we get on our resume discussion in my classes, I always bring up that you have something on your resume <laughs> that's an icebreaker, and that is? Um, that I can sing um, Anything Goes <laughs> in Mandarin. Can you still do it? I, yeah, I'm not going to like sing, sing, but I can, I can do it for you. Do, do it a little bit. You don't have to do the whole thing. <laughs> Why do you know that again? It's okay. First off, it's from, it's actually from Indiana Jones. Uh -huh. And secondly. Which one? Uh, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. I can't remember. Monkey brains. Okay. I don't know. Lost. I, I can't remember. A, yeah, sure. And I always anyone. get confused. Uh, it wasn't Nazis. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so Jonathan Charles, uh, God rest his soul, uh, he decided that he wanted to take that little clip from the movie uh, and put that into the live version. So I was in Anything Goes back in college, and we learned that, and we sang it, and it was so much fun. Do you know why you still remember it almost 20 years later? Because I like languages. Uh, okay. <clears throat> oh, that is one of the few things that I love about you and your mom. <laughs> and we've talked about this too. Is that um, you do your very, very best to add the proper dialect to any word that you feel necessary to add a dialect to. Right? So, for instance. So says you. So, for instance. <laughs> I'll take a simple one that we deal with a lot in Texas. Uh, you know, like I would just say, hey, just give me uh, two beef tacos, um, no sour cream, extra cheese, right? You'd be like, can I get two beef tacos? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Like just that one word. <laughs> uh, it's, it used to bother me so much because I was like, you're kind of offending them, but now it's just so endearing. <laughs> and with your mom's uh, sort of country accent, it's even uh funnier because <laughs> she has she, three syllables on the word she, in yeah she slips in, she slips into can i have three beef tacos please <laughs> she does not sound like that i know but it's fun to, <laughs> You're an fun idiot. to that's what i hear when i when i hear that happen um <laughs> but it happens with every dialect because you you'd be like uh we'll go to la madeline or something um yeah can i have your cheese crepe please <laughs> I don't. That was horrible. I wouldn't call it a That's, crap. That was like Russian yeah. clip. Can I have a crib? <laughs> no, I do like one of my favorite things to do when I teach is go into random accents, and my kids love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They love when we do voices. Yeah. Um, but I can't hold one, and they always ask, "What accent is that?" And I'm like, "I, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's just one that came out of my face." If you can do an impression of a relevant cartoon character. The kid, like students love that stuff. Like if you can do any SpongeBob, all you have to do, uh, like, you know, like make your voice trill kind of thing. And I can they, do the mayor of Munchkin city. But uh, <laughs> like, I, like I said, relevant, if you can hey, do relevant, like he's totally relevant. Well, yeah. I mean, and, or even famous ones and, and mayor of Munchkin city might be famous, but I think that that fame is dwindling a little bit. The Wizard of Oz is just not what it used to be. Because mm. uh, the Wizard of Oz was, when was it made? In the 30s? 39. Yeah. So it was um, f at least 40 plus years old when you and I would have been introduced to it, if not almost 50 years old. And now it's 80 years old, um, almost 100 don't old. Don't make me old. No, I'm just like, saying. You just aged me forty years. That's well, crazy. Well, you don't look a day over thirty-eight, so you look good. <laughs> uh, oh, you're not even thirty-eight yet. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you are. Wait, no, you're not. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> 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 well, your birthday's in what two months? Yeah. 
and then you'll be 38. So it's close enough. That is um, not the truth. What? That you don't look a day over 38? No, that I'm trying to... Don't tell my birthday, yo. What's wrong with your birthday? I don't know, man. I don't want to be old. Oh, oh, like, because it's on Facebook. So oh, if you want to no. send her something, our address is... Uh, uh, but anyway, so yeah, I just think that that kind of stuff is dwindling. I think the I Love Lucy stuff is dwindling. I do. I do. And by the way, speaking of the Mandela effect, do you, did you know that he never said, Lucy, you got some explaining to do? Did you know that? I just said that like Eleanor. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> uh, are you sure? He, yes. It's you know the Mandela effect, right? Uh, where you think that the Berenstein something Bears, has been... Berenstein Bear, all yeah, that yeah. stuff, right? Um, one of the one of the, I I don't. It's like the dingo ate my baby. It was never said. <clears throat> yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Uh, and also mirror, mirror on the wall. That thing, uh, that was never said. Um, so it's it's that he never said. You got some explaining to do. Interesting, huh? You can look it up. I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched that many. There's episodes. an episode that I had memorized. Literally, it's the the job switching episode, and I could swear he says it in the first well, few lines. There's only one way to find out. Let's go watch it. All right. Uh, do you have anything to say to wrap up your amazing podcast that <laughs> is going to get dozens and dozens of <laughs> listeners? I don't know how much help I've been necessarily but i do want to make an appeal to new teachers especially if you are in theater we are required to do so much more than necessary and then almost capable of as theater teachers we are accountants we are event planners we are directors and teachers we are so much and when you go into teaching theater it's awesome if you can stick it out i think that um it's really tough on new people and i don't think that we are trained the way that we need to be as teachers to be able to do an effective job our first year. So I just want to make an appeal to to young people. If you get into teaching and it's hard your first year and you think you're terrible at it, you're probably not. You are just being asked to do way more than you you should and then other that anybody else realizes. So I, I just want to say hang in there and uh, you're doing a great job and don't ever stop learning. Don't ever think that you know enough. Don't ever think you are better than a kid <clears throat> or that you know more than a kid because I tell you what, some of my kids know more than I do. Hmm. And I tell them that too. I was like, what's that computer term you just used? Um, yeah, but do you know you're upstage from downstage? Huh. Anyway, so uh, just if you're new or if you're thinking about going into teaching um, or if you're old even, I've seen a lot of people who just kind of give up in the middle of the road and of course, you're not going to have a great time uh, teaching anymore if you have stopped being willing to learn um, and being willing to admit that you can make mistakes. So I would just say to people out there, don't ever give up on learning or taking on the challenge of finding something new to do or a new way to do things. Yeah. Hey, what did 50 Cent say to the judge when he asked him to speak? 55th? Mom!